0: Welcome to the Conversations with Christians Engage podcast, where we go in depth with practical ways for you to pray, vote, and engage. Today, we are joined by Texas State Representative Mays Middleton. Mays is a successful businessman and represents Texas's 23rd House District. He will be discussing school choice and its importance for parents.
1: It's Bunny Pounds, Conversations with Christians Engaged. I think this is like episode 40 or 41. As you know, one thing that I never wanted to do in life was be a podcaster, but there are so many important topics and so many conversations that we need to talk about, and this is a big one. We're going to talk about education today. We had a very important call uh, conversation with Dr. Craig Ingerhart. Inger from East Texas a while back, talking about parents and their responsibilities and decisions as it relates to education. And today, I get to talk to State Representative Mays Middleton, who is the chair of the Texas Freedom Caucus and is an expert, yes, I would like to say an expert, on school choice. How are you, Mays?
0: I'm good. I don't know if you call me an expert, but I, uh, it's certainly something near and dear to my heart.
1: Well, I'm going to call you an expert because you're more of an expert than I am. Okay, so just go with it. Okay, but what you need to know about Mays is he's the president of Middleton Oil. He um, runs, at least back in the, when your bio was written, 65 wells. Is it more than that now?
0: Non-operated working interest, it's mainly.
1: Okay, got it. You have a ranching cattle and farming operations. You're a previous board member with Texas Public Policy Foundation. You have schools and churches in your heart. You rebuilt a church in Chambers County and you donated a school in Galveston. Um, You have a bachelor's of art in finance, a doctor in jurisprudence from the University of Texas, which for those of you who don't know, that's a law degree. And most importantly, you're married to Macy, who is amazing, and you have four amazing kids, twin boys, Connor and Christian, Matthew, who's three, and Martha Ann is your new baby. How are you?
0: I'm great. Our first little girl, she just turned a month old yesterday.
1: Well, congratulations.
0: Thank you. I'm a girl dad now, so
1: I'll have to learn
0: as we go. We got three boys and a girl.
1: Well, I love talking to you. I remember the first time I met you and you pontificated for like 30 minutes about education in Texas and school choice. So I felt strongly that we needed to have a conversation about this issue because there's a lot of parents around Texas concerned about the education of their children. And it's not just an urban issue There's issues in rural counties as well. This is a a problem that we've got nationwide. How do we educate our children and how do we do it from a biblical worldview? But let's go back. You are running your family's insurance company. You're raising your kids, Um, you're living life. Where did this passion for Texas children and education specifically come from? Give me the genesis of that.
0: I think every child In Texas, deserves the opportunity to have an education that fits their unique needs. And one of the problems in the state is we don't have educational freedom and true educational opportunities. Where you know there are thirty-one states right now, thirty-one that have some form of school choice. Texas is not one of them. Of course, we have charter schools in the state, and you know we we fought to expand those. But at the end of the day. what this is really about is, is thinking about as parents, what would we do for our kids? We'd do anything for them. So this is really about putting more tools on the table for parents to choose from to help their children and give them tools they need to succeed in life and provide that opportunity. And, you know, at the end of the day, the only barrier to not having a good education should never be that it can't be afforded ever. And unfortunately, we have that barrier in a lot of places. So, uh, not every parent can choose to send their child to a private school or homeschool. Not every parent can choose to send their high schooler to community college to take classes. Not every parent can afford to hire a tutor for their child in an area they want them to excel in, or their child is excelling in. Uh, not every parent can afford to to pay for homeschool curriculum. I mean, these are things that that we just don't really have that many tools on the table right now for parents in the state of Texas. And we need to do more as a state to provide educational opportunities, because that's really what this is about. This is about opening the door for children in this state. It's opening the door. It's putting more tools on the table. It's not forcing parents to do anything. It's just giving them a choice. That's all that. That's all that it is. It's just additional choices for parents, for their children.
1: Well, and I know every parent in this state or around America wants their kids to be better or do better than they were, right? To have more opportunity and more opportunity for growth, not just for the American dream, but to be a viable person in society, right? And we've all heard Dr. Ben Carson's amazing story about his mom not even being able to read and hurt him her forcing them to do book reports for her that she couldn't even, she couldn't even read. It's just an amazing story. And he becomes a a surgeon that, you know, is now taking Siamese twins apart and everything else. But um, what are other conversations you've had with parents? I know parents come in and talk to you all the time in your office. What are some specific stories or conversations that you have that just keep you motivated to work on this issue?
0: Well, like, so Upward Hope Academy is a school, um, in, in my district, it's in Galveston. And what they do is they take the, the dropouts and soon to be dropouts at Ball High. And these are, I mean, this is 97% low income, uh, families. So the, the children, you know, the, the families that, that, um, you know, um, the moms and dads and sometimes grandmothers or aunts and uncles that are raising, uh, raising these kids are low income, nearly a hundred percent. And these are kids that would not have graduated uh, high school at ball high. So what they're doing is they're turning a 0% graduation rate into nearly a 97% graduation rate at upward hope Academy. Wow. It's all low income kids. Many of them are designated as homeless, um, because they don't have a, a permanent residence. Um, It's mainly uh, minority, so it's mainly African American, Hispanic kids, uh, and they're providing opportunity. And they're Christian-based when you walk in uh, right on the wall or the Ten Commandments and uh, across, right when you walk in the school, Upward Hope Academy. And that's what we need to be doing more of. Unfortunately, Upward Hope is not able to scale right now because they rely solely on private donations Mm -hmm. uh, only. So they're only on the island in Galveston right now. and They have about they graduate around 100 students uh, a year. So, you know, this is something that we need to do more of. And the only way to really make that available to uh, children all over the state is have money follow the child. Yes. Money follow the child. And what I hear again and again is please give us this opportunity. Please, please mm-hmm. give us these tools. Please give us this opportunity. You don't have to exercise it. But if it's there it's important for the kids that it it fits with their unique needs, you know, so not, it's not for everyone, right? I mean, most kids are going to remain in traditional public schools. We've seen that like Florida has school choice for everyone. Um, nearly 90% of kids remain in public schools, but well over 10% left, you know, because for whatever reason, it wasn't working for their child. And that's what upward hope is about. I mean, th- these are, these are kids that can never afford to pay for private school, Uh, Their families could never afford it. And, and, And that's a tool that we need to put on the table because what it really comes down to at the end of the day is we need to trust the moms and dads in our communities to make the best decisions for their own children. And that's what educational freedom and school choice is about.
1: So when you say the money follows the child, let's get into some of the specifics because we've heard, both of us have heard a lot of plans as it relates to school choice, but give us some of your favorite plans. I know you filed a bill this last session um, on this issue, so um, talk to us about some of your favorite plans because I know as a former homeschooling mom, part of the concern has been, okay, if we send state dollars or federal dollars into our religious institutions, then that could bring strings attached, right, that they might have to comply or dumb down the gospel or whatever. So in your perfect mind, what does school choice look like, the best plan?
0: So the good news is that we recently, last year, won the Espinoza case, which Um, The impediment to implementing school choice in a lot of states was what we call the Blaine Amendment. And what that is was a racist, anti-Catholic amendment that most states have in their constitution. And it prohibits state money from going to religious based institutions. Mm. We won that. The United States Supreme Court threw that out. Thankfully, that's a huge victory. Uh, So that's really the main constitutional argument that was used against, you know, these parental choice and education programs. And so that's gone. So that's a really, really good news. And and just a little statistic uh, sideline here, like in Florida, uh, when they asked parents, well, why did you, um, you know, exercise school choice and, and uh, send your child with the, I think it's a a scholarship program, you know, state funded scholarship program to a private school, 54% said religious based reasons.
1: Mm, That's powerful. The majority
0: said that was that was very important to them. So that tells you why that victory was so important in front of the United States Supreme Court. But, you know, I think one of the really important things that that we need to do in Texas is make sure that any any type of educational choice program, uh, it really needs to be run, I think, out of the comptroller's office to check for, you know, fraud and the normal things that we need to do to make sure there's accountability for taxpayer money and that, you know, it's being spent where it's supposed to be spent. So that, that's a really important part of any, I think, any uh, educational choice bill is that that program would be run out of, out of our state comptroller's office to check on, you know, all the financial uh, accountability aspects that need to happen. Uh, But I agree with you on, on the, the curriculum and the strings and, We can never allow that. Um, Of course, you know, you can always do like with the homeschool uh, sports bill where there can be a national norm test. And by the way, there are uh, verified tests that do not have any common core. So like the classical learning test or the vector test do not have any common core in in their testing or or the curriculum that, you know, you would teach to take that test. Uh, But we do need to make sure that there aren't strings attached, you know. There aren't in any of the legislation that I've ever seen on school choice in this state, whether it was in 2017, I believe that was SB3 filed by Senator Taylor. I filed a school choice bill in the regular session. I filed it again in the special and it doesn't have any. And I know there's a strong commitment from conservatives in the state to make sure those strings aren't attached to reach into any curriculum and tell parents what to teach or not teach or tell private schools what to teach or not teach. We always must remain vigilant because, you know, I know the main concern is future legislatures. Well, look, I mean, our our rights are always in danger from future legislatures. I mean, literally, I mean, uh, we, could, we could have homeschool abolished uh, in a future legislature, but we can't, we can't say, you know what, we're going to decide for you and take tools off the table for you because of some future danger, mm-hmm. right? Because that's kind of the problem. With you know, some of the arguments against school choice is they want to decide for parents to say, no, you can't have that option. We want government to intervene and not pass that bill and say, No, you should not have that tool on the table. I don't agree with that, and I think that's wrong. I think we need to be putting more tools on the table. And at the end of the day, it is it's about choice. So say something did happen, say they don't like the school, say, you know, some condition happened, you can always withdraw. Right. There's no requirement that you have to do this and nor should there be. This is always about parents deciding what is best for their own child. And that's what it always comes down to is that decision for what's best for your child's unique educational needs. And that's really what it's about. And frankly, this helps our special needs kids, uh, kids that are bullied, for example. That's one of the big reasons for changing schools. Um, There's so many reasons why this is a great thing. Our state, and uh, that's why I called the school choice bill I filed uh, in the regular session, the Upward Hope Academy bill, because it was limited to low-income families. Mm. It was a low-income tax credit scholarship. Uh, it was actually not a direct allocation of state money. Uh, it was a insurance premium tax credit. So, in other words, companies could claim an insurance premium tax credit, and then that money would go into a scholarship fund which was then available to parents and then they could draw a certain amount from that and i can talk about the funding on that so it i believe it. you know the general goal is that it would be about 60 to 70 percent um up to 100 percent of the statewide maintenance and operation spending so we have this statewide formula of what our our public schools are funded and uh it, it would cap you know that that amount at a hundred percent of a uh, statewide uh maintenance and operation. So and there have been a number of bills over the years, somewhere at 60, somewhere at 80, somewhere at 90, some percentage where um you know the public schools aren't gonna lose any funding. They still get to keep their INS, which is their facilities funding. Uh that's totally separate. Um, and so the amount of scholarship is purely based on the the statewide average spending your average public school student around the state. And then it's not 100 percent in most cases. It's some percentage, you know, between 60 and 60, 90 percent, somewhere in there. Uh, there. There are a lot of different versions of the bill that have been filed. So uh, that allows some amount to remain, you know, where there's some fixed costs and whatnot that would uh, allow public schools more time to adjust. But there's not going to be some mass exodus. There wasn't in Florida. There right. wasn't in Arizona when they passed universal school choice. Uh, there wasn't in, in these 31 states. No one's seen that. No one's seen this mass exodus. It's a subset of parents that is just not working for whatever reason for their child, and they want to choose something different. So, you know what we need to do? We need to let them.
1: That's a good point, Mays. And, and at the end of the day, competition is something that we're sometimes afraid of, but it, it helps every industry, right? If we had more competition in the healthcare industry, what that would look like. And the same thing for education. If there's a little bit of competition, if there's a little bit of, you know what, I got to compete for some students, um, that might be overall very well uh, for the educational system, right? Um, And And it's not going to neuter the, the public school systems, is my point.
0: And and I've talked to some public school teachers who, you know, have dreamed of one day starting their own school, um, you know, and teaching how they want to teach. And uh, it's, it's there, but they can't either. There isn't the the funding because this the parents in the community could not afford private school tuition. Um, but if you had this, uh, you would have a an ability for them to start a new school. Uh, and be able to attract students where money follows the child and it would follow up to that school and it would it would make it possible for uh, these teachers to achieve their dream and start their own school where you would have uh, teacher created schools. And that's part of this, too. And I, I've talked to a number of teachers that would love to do this. And, and this would frankly make it possible where it's not in most cases right now.
1: That's good. Well, I think we've all seen since the last couple of years, the strength of the teachers unions nationally and even within our own state. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, what's the steam? How much steam is gaining nationally and within Texas for school choice? I know Senator Cruz has been out there championing it on the national stage for years and years. But are you seeing I mean, you've been involved in this issue a long time. Do you see. It gaining momentum. Do you where Where are we nationally and in Texas? What do you think? Sorry, to well, it's a
0: gaining difference. a lot of steam nationally. You know, just the other day, uh, Missouri overrode their governor's veto of a school choice program. There, uh, more and more states, especially with the pandemic, um, you know, a lot of we we jumped from about two hundred fifty thousand kids in Texas to around seven hundred fifty thousand that are homeschooled right now. Uh, People want more flexibility. They want more options. They want more tools on the table. And this is one of them. I mean, we're everything has changed because of what happened in the pandemic, everything, including how we teach. And, you know, this is just one more tool to allow parents to do something different that works for them and their child's unique needs. And, you know, we've seen Uh, and Austin, a lot of opposition to educational choice. And unfortunately, it's mainly by the taxpayer funded lobbyists. Um, So these are, these are lobbyists that are hired with your tax money, and they will readily admit they do not represent children. They never, they rarely say the word child. Actually, they rarely say what best interest of the child. Um, They talk about, you know, institutions and things like that. And um, and not so much academic outcomes. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, you have to look in our, our state constitution. It says a free and public education. That's our commitment. However, uh, the constitution does not say government run. Good it just point. says a free and public education.
1: That's good. That's a very good point. Now you started as an activist on this issue. You started, um, supporting candidates that were sp- supporting school choice you kind of got didn't you kind of get politically uh into this issue and then that kind of moved you into your political involvement um what can individuals do to impact uh the state on this issue i mean what are people can individually do that would help their kids and their grandkids and and children all over texas
0: well i think you you talk with your your state representative and your state senator you know i mean uh the last time we had a bill pass either chamber was in 2017, when SB3 uh, passed the Texas Senate and died in the Texas House. And you know, I'll give you a little example of um, you know that level of opposition to it. So, uh, what happened was the bill came over to the House, and it was um, uh, they'd amended SB3 onto a House bill. And all it was, was a $50 million school choice program for special needs children. And then it budgeted an, original, an additional $400 million for public schools. And so it was, it was a very small uh, school choice program. And unfortunately, the whole bill was killed because the lobbyists, taxpayer funded lobbyists said, we can't allow the camel's nose under the tent. And they're willing to throw out nearly $400 million for traditional public schools because of that $50 million special needs school choice program that allowed parents of special needs children, uh, additional tools to, to, to really, it's it's high level of needs and and unique needs and tutoring and things like that. And they said, no, no, we can't do that. Um, and it's really sad because when things like that happen, children are coming second. Right. Um, and you know it's really unfortunate. So I would say uh, make sure to reach out to your state representative and state senator and ask them: Do they support uh, parents' ability to choose what is best for their own child? Do they they trust the moms and dads in their own community to make the best decisions for their own children? Yes or no? You know, to me, it's really that simple.
1: That's good. That's good. Everybody needs to be actively, as we talk about all the time here at Christians Engage, we need to be praying voting and engaging regularly. And this is just one issue that you can engage on. Um, Mays, as a state representative and elected official, and you are splitting your time. As we know, you get hardly any money for doing this. This is like almost like a volunteer job. Um, but you have to run a company, you have a family. How can people um, pray for you more? How can they pray for their elected officials more and be helpful to them? even in their own districts?
0: I think we need to pray for doing our Lord's will in everything we do in state government. I think often, you know, right above the house dies. You know, it says in God we trust. And um, I I, I just, there's a lot of times where that gets lost. Um, And at the end of the day, our rights are from God and not government. right. That's and right. that's forgotten also, you know, government doesn't give us our rights. Our role in government is pr- to protect our God-given rights. And that's what we need to pray for is that we are vigilant and we fight as hard as we can to protect what what we've been blessed with. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the role of government there is uh, to protect those individual liberties that we were all blessed with.
1: That's so good. Well, um, you were one of those people that kind of got activated. You started getting politically involved, joined all these boards. I don't know what you were thinking at the time, but then all of a sudden you're running for office. Tell us as a final, before I ask you a funny question and we kind of wrap this up, how did that progression work? I mean, what was the day you woke up and go, you know, donating and volunteering and helping these people get educated is not good enough. I'm going to actually take on the armor and be in the arena myself. What, how did that happen?
0: It's a really tough decision, uh, but I'll tell you, um, don't be afraid of it and don't let anyone tell you, wait your turn. Uh, If you have conviction, then do it. Uh, And that's really all it takes is, is conviction and hard work. Um, and, you know, I decided that, uh, you know, with prayerful consideration and talking to my wife, uh, that we needed to go fight the fight and elected office. Um, and cause I'd been on the outside before, you know, as a, as a conservative activist and and fighting on the outside. And, uh, we were led to, to bring that fight to Austin, uh, in the state house. And it's a really hard decision because there are many, many sacrifices that come with that. but. Uh, I'll tell you, if you have the conviction, don't talk yourself out of it because that does happen a lot. Don't talk yourself out of it. Go for it.
1: That's good. That's good. Okay. Well, we really appreciate your time. Again, I have learned so much today on school choice and everybody needs to research um, this issue. What are some of the go-to nonprofits or people that work on this issue that you like to refer people to?
0: So Texas Public Policy Foundation has led on this for a very long time. Uh, They're great. It's actually one of the things they were founded on uh, with Dr. Leininger uh, in 1989. You know, that that was one of the cornerstone issues. Uh, Ed Choice, which is the former Milton Friedman Foundation, is also awesome. They're nationwide. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we have American Federation for Children. Uh, they've been very active nationwide. That's, uh, Betsy, DeVos, who was uh, Donald Trump's, our president's, uh, secretary of education. Uh, she's a long time advocate for school choice and, you know, has worked closely with Senator Cruz and, you know, Rand Paul, uh, big advocate, you know, don't the I mean, it's, we have, we have great advocates all over, uh, this country. And, and, you know, president Trump was a huge school choice believer as well. So, um, you know, that that's uh, those are three really key organizations. I know I'm I'm, miss, I'm missing some right now, but those are uh, the ones that I've certainly worked with the most and have been very active in Texas.
1: Well, we had um, Rob Heneke on a few weeks ago too, talking about the role of courts in the law um, to protect our freedoms. And that was a really good uh, conversation from Rob from uh, Texas Public Policy Foundation. So. Well, thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Okay, final question: um, favorite sitcom, and it doesn't have to be from now; it could be from the past.
0: Oh gosh, uh, that's a tough one. Uh, I really love the the John Adams uh, series on HBO. Several oh, years the mini
1: series, yeah, yeah,
0: that was wonderful. Yeah. So
1: good, so good. So are you an Andy Griffith uh watcher or Beverly Hillbillies or any of the old timey ones?
0: Uh well these days I'm mostly just watching cartoons with our seven-year-old, <laughs> three-year-old. And so you know, we go between Paw Patrol, um, and uh we watch uh what is it, the um Big Hero Six. I forget which uh cartoon that is. And uh anyway, we <laughs> we're always switching back and forth on uh on, on, you uh, know the morning cartoons. So that's you know. awesome. That's I don't awesome. watch a lot of adult TV these days.
1: No, you're a little busy, <laughs> as we all are. So, well, um, amazing to have you, State Representative. Really appreciate your time. And everyone, get educated, and let's help our children and grandchildren in the future. And wherever you come down on this issue. Just know um, freedom needs to reign and we need to make sure that our kids get the best education in the best country that we could absolutely give them.